Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This week's episode was actually going to be something different. I didn't realize that the date for Godzilla vs. King Kong, well, hold on a minute. I thought it was Godzilla vs. King Kong. That's what I've been calling it. The official title is Godzilla vs. Kong. I guess they stripped King Kong of his title of King since Godzilla would be King of the Monsters. I guess it just gets confusing there. I don't know. I had today off from work. I was actually geared up, ready to go, watch the smackdown between Godzilla and Kong. Fired up HBO Max and it recommended Tom and Jerry to me because Tom and Jerry is leaving in three days. So I thought about it. I could do one of two things. I could watch Tom and Jerry, do an episode on that. I'm assuming I would probably trash the movie. I heard that it's not very good. It's also kind of weird for a 36-year-old guy to just be watching Tom and Jerry, the movie, not the cartoon, the movie by himself. My second option was I could do it on the movie that I just watched last night because I did not see it and I wanted to watch it in preparation for Godzilla vs. Kong. That is Godzilla King of the Monsters. The problem with it was is I didn't intend to do an actual episode on Godzilla King of the Monsters, so I didn't really take notes, so the only thing I have to go on here is my memories and initial reactions to the movie. So what to do? Of course, I decided to watch Tom and Jerry, and this episode is on Tom and Jerry the movie. I'm kidding with you there, it's not. As you know from the episode title, it's going to be about Godzilla King of the Monsters. So here we go. Before I actually get into the episode, I do want to make note I was not making fun of you if you were a 30-something guy or gal that wanted to watch Tom and Jerry. If you did, then hey, I hope you enjoyed it. I myself, I wasn't going to put myself through that. I would actually put myself and my girlfriend through that. But anyway, let's get on to the episode. And Nicole, if you're listening, please, let's watch Tom and Jerry tonight. (laughs) All right, seriously, we're going to get on with the episode now starting right now. This is the 2019 Michael Doherty directed Godzilla King of the Monsters. Godzilla has been featured in 32 Toho produced Godzilla films. Of course, they originated in Japan with 1956's Gojira, or as we knew it here, Godzilla. There is also two American remakes. There was the, I think it was 1998 movie by Roland Emmerich titled Godzilla that was a creative misfire. It wasn't bad for being a big dumb stupid blockbuster. The design of Godzilla is really what ruins that movie for me. I don't mind the movie overall just the way Godzilla looks. He kind of looks weird. They should have stuck to a more traditional look for him. It might have had a better impact as far as fans. Of course, everyone was always going to judge it because Godzilla is a cultural icon. Everybody loves Godzilla. Even if they don't love Godzilla, they know who Godzilla is. He's definitely the most memorable of all of the monsters, which is why I would think that he would be king of the monsters. Godzilla is so culturally important that Criterion even recognized this. They put out a Showa-era film set. 
I myself have seen probably a lot of the movies from that particular era. Godzilla did get many different reboots as the years have gone on. The one that I can remember seeing in theaters was actually Godzilla 2000. I went to see that with my friends, I believe after my 16th birthday party. That's right, I am a huge nerd. That after my party, I wanted to go with my friends to go see a Godzilla movie in theaters. I didn't think that I would ever get to see that, one of the actual Toho-produced Godzilla films, in a theater. It was awesome. The movie itself, not so good. I don't think it was one of the better Toho-produced Godzilla films. Either way, I grew up watching Godzilla quite a bit when I was a kid. One that I always remembered being around, whenever I would go, my mom would allow me to pick out a movie, she would buy me one of the cheap VHSs. It was Godzilla vs. Megalon. Not a great one by any stretch, however, for me being a kid, it was entertaining. It was also a movie that I remember was always there no matter what. So I guess you could say it's one of the more popular ones, if only because it fell into public domain somewhere along the way, which a lot of them did. However, a lot of the Godzilla films did get releases from Sony or Columbia TriStar, whatever you would like to call them. Flash forward many years later from the creative misfire of 2000's Godzilla 2000, or the 1997 Roland Emmerich creative misfire, Legendary Pictures and Warner Brothers teamed up with Toho to create a new Godzilla remake, and that was 2014's Godzilla. I personally wasn't a big fan of the movie. I thought that some of the monster stuff was mishandled. It was a decent enough American Godzilla film. It just didn't quite live up to what I was expecting it to be. I really wanted it to have a grander scale than what it did. I also wanted it to have more monster action. When we got the monster action at the end of the movie, the image was incredibly dark. I couldn't really see a whole lot of what was going on and it didn't really feel rewarding. I sat through all that boring human stuff because really, I wanted to see a wrestling match with Godzilla and another monster. We got that at the end. It just felt like the whole movie didn't gel the way it should've. It wasn't bad, I kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't one that I was going to revisit many times throughout the years. Godzilla 2014 was successful enough to establish the Monsterverse. We had one other entry in that up until Godzilla King of the Monsters. That was Kong Skull Island. Of course, they dropped the title of King from King Kong. So it seems that he is just Kong from here on out. I don't remember in that one if they actually called him King Kong or not. I do remember actually enjoying that one. It was fun. It wasn't anything that was terribly offensive or anything like that. It was just good, dumb fun. And that's really all I expect from any of these films. I don't expect an Oscar winning film by any stretch. I simply want to throw it on and be entertained. Godzilla King of the Monsters was, for the most part, entertaining. I liked it enough when I watched it last night. We do have moments where they're trying to inject humanity into the film itself with trying to make us care about the different human characters. I don't know if I exactly did throughout, but the human side to the story wasn't too bad, I guess. 
Godzilla King of the Monsters does follow up the story from Godzilla 2014. It's almost dealing with the fallout of the events of that film. We get very few returning characters from the 2014 Godzilla film. Sally Hawkins, as well as Ken Watanabe, make a return here. I was glad to see Ken Watanabe make a return here as Dr. Sirizawa. I liked his character from Godzilla 2014. I liked his character here as well. I also like that if I'm remembering correctly, it's not just a clever nod to the original 1956 Godzilla or Gojira, whatever you would like to call it. Also, there are two versions of that movie, which I'm sure you are very much aware of. The character of Dr. Sarazawa was in the original, so if I'm remembering correctly, he's supposed to be related to that character in the original Godzilla film. I don't quite know if it's supposed to be intentional, but if I'm remembering correctly from the 2014 Godzilla film, they actually had reference to that, so this was a spiritual sequel to the original Godzilla film. It's pretty awesome that they would actually do that instead of straight up rebooting it. I myself am not a fan of straight up rebooting a film or franchise at all. I don't see why you can't reference the original unless it's beyond repairable. Sometimes sequels do get to that point where they do actually need to be rebooted. A lot of times they don't actually have to be and they reboot just for the sake of rebooting. I'm looking at you, Ghostbusters Answer the Call. As far as the human characters go, I think the character of Dr. Sarazawa is probably one of the best ones here. We get a whole subplot of the Orca system, a system in place to control and call the various monsters. It's alright, it doesn't feel anything too far out there as far as what we would have received in one of the original Toho Godzilla films. This of course is a Toho co-production, but we have Vera Farmiga's character, which I really didn't buy throughout the movie. There's this whole broken home aspect of the film. Vera Farmiga, her character in the movie just did not work for me. She goes on to say about how humans are a virus. These titans, as they call them in the film, they are a way of the earth to cleanse itself. Humans are the problem. Humans are the virus, according to her character. So she aligns herself with essential terrorists to go and make this happen to unleash King Ghidorah, or as he's referred to here as Monster Zero, which was actually a little nice nod to the original Toho films. King Ghidorah was originally referred to as Monster Zero. He's referred to that here, and I took notice that I'm actually calling all the Titans or Monsters as he. I know that Mothra is supposed to be a female. I don't know if any of these actually have gender, but it's kind of a funny thing to think about. Either way, the whole broken home aspect in this movie with Vera Farmiga blaming Godzilla for the death of her son. You also have Millie Bobby Brown as the child that's getting more or less pulled in a tug of war between mom and dad. It just didn't work for me. I think this movie would have been better if we could have had less of the human drama and just had more of the monsters duking it out or even us trying to deal with the fallout of being able to control yet not control any of these creatures. I think it would have worked better in the long run. I understand why they want to try to put that drama into a film. 
it allows us to maybe relate more to the characters in question. I just don't know if it belongs in a Godzilla movie. I know that the original Godzilla film had something to say with atomic bombs and the use of atomic warfare in general. Godzilla himself was a product of that. It only makes sense that they tried to include some of the socially conscious messages here that us as humans are destroying the world. Maybe we are if you look at the events of the last year or so with the coronavirus going around. I'm not saying COVID was a good thing, but it's interesting to see that the world more or less reset itself a little bit as far as if you look at some of the waters and stuff, pollution was down and it almost seemed like the world was healing itself. It's a fascinating thing to think about considering this movie came out a year before any of that was happening. Am I saying that it was a good thing? No, but in some ways it's a good thing that the world was able to bring itself back a little bit, mostly due to less pollution from us humans. Getting back to Vera Farmiga's character in the movie, I guess it was supposed to be a heroic death because she sort of saves the day. She saves her ex-husband as well as her child at the end of the movie. She more or less brings Godzilla there to battle King Ghidorah at the very end of the movie away from them that allows them to escape. The problem with it is, is that she did a lot of terrible things throughout the movie. I don't think her character was worth redemption at this point. She killed a lot of people with her mission of bringing the Titans out. It also left a bad taste in my mouth because it was all because she lost a child. I understand that it's a traumatic thing. She lost a child because of this, so she wants to go on a mission to wipe out humanity so the world could heal itself. That's not too cool in my book. The other main human fodder, such as Kyle Chandler as the father to Millie Bobby Brown's character in the movie, both of them are okay. It's again, it's a family aspect that probably didn't belong here in the first place. I understand Michael Doherty is a pretty decent writer. I am a fan of Trick or Treat as well as Krampus. This marks his third directorial effort. The places where he really shines here is his eye for vision, that vision of the monsters or the titans as they're called, fighting each other. The battle between Godzilla and King Ghidorah looks great. I really love the design of King Ghidorah. We don't just get that, we also get Rodan as well as Mothra here. I don't like that Mothra was killed off, I don't agree with that one because we let Rodan live, but okay, that's fine. Kind of sucks, but that's fine. Initially when this movie was announced, I thought having Michael Doherty as the writer and director here was a little bit of an odd choice because he did Trick or Treat as well as Krampus. All of those were smaller scale films. This one here was his chance to make this big giant blockbuster. I think overall he really did do a good job. He obviously respects and loves the source material. You get that just by all the little references. We even get a nice little nod to the original 1956 Godzilla film with the oxygen remover where they take the oxygen out of the water in an effort to kill Godzilla or the other monsters. 
We also get that reference to where Godzilla needs nuclear power to become super-powered Godzilla. We get that in the movie. It's something that I was not expecting. It's nice to know that he really did love the material enough to include those little nice nods to fans. The other good thing is that he really does know how to create some spectacular moments, specifically towards the end. We don't get a lot of that throughout the movie because we're dealing with all of the human slog in the story. When we get to those titan battle moments, it really does have this epic scale that I wasn't expecting. I didn't think that he was the right choice to handle something like this, but the stuff does really look spectacular. The various designs of the new titans, I want to call them monsters so bad, but they refer to them as titans, so I feel like I have to call them titans. Either way, their look is spot on. I think the CGI is handled well. It really does look nice at the very end. I just wish that we didn't have to sit through a good chunk of the human elements. But then the other question would be, how much of the fighting between Godzilla and the various titans here how much of that is great before it becomes boring? The movie itself does feel longer than two hours. It's, I think, two hours and 11 minutes. I felt like I was watching the movie for about three hours. Maybe that's because I was just excited to get to those monster fight moments. Overall, I have to say that this is actually a pretty good Godzilla film. We even get Godzilla getting his crown of King of the Monsters at the end of the movie when they all bow to him and Godzilla roars like, yeah, I am your king. So it does have its issues and problems. I'm not going to go through them again because that would be redundant. But overall, I did have a good time with it. If anything, this makes me a little bit more excited to see Godzilla vs. Kong. Can't wait to see what they have cooked up there. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can contact me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. This is generally the part where I would say that I have a website. I do. It's no longer the URL that I've been promoting over the last couple years. Instead, it's now anchor.fm slash adamanalyzes. Anchor, the platform that I used to record, seems to have taken that away, so I would say go ahead and listen to me on any other platform other than Anchor. I'm just kidding there, but yes, I'm on a whole bunch of different platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, the list goes on and on. If you are enjoying my podcast here, I do ask that you please give me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. If you are enjoying it, why don't you go and tell your friends about it? Maybe they would enjoy it as well. Besides, I think you guys know it by now. I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.